أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما نافعا اللهم أرنا الحق حقا وارزقنا اتباعه وأرنا الباطل باطلا وارزقنا اجتنابه رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته welcome to the reflections on the risale nur by bedouz zaman said nursi podcast series this is mustafa tuna you can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org as a reminder, a rough translation of the section we will be reading from the Risale Inur is posted on this website too. It is not to be taken as a final product, it is a work in progress. It is meant to aid listening to these reflection sessions and any suggestions about the translation would be much appreciated, inshallah. In this episode, we will continue reading the 25th flash, which is about sickness. It is a treatise for the sick. It is a message to the sick. And since we are globally sick or being afflicted with sickness and being restricted due to a pandemic right now, inshallah, we will read with the intention that this might be a supplication to our Lord so that we learn what we are supposed to learn from this affliction and we take the position that our Lord wants us to take in response to it so that once it fulfills its function it be lifted inshallah we read through the first eight remedies of this uh, flash it is composed of 26 but uh, we say 25 remedies and inshallah today we will continue with the ninth remedy bismillah dokuzuncu deva ninth remedy ey halikini tanıyan hasta Hastalıklardaki elem ve tevahhuş ve korkmak ise hastalık bazen ölüme vesile olduğu cihetindedir. Ölüm nazarı gaflet ve zahiri cihetinde dehşetli olduğundan ona vesile olabilen hastalıklar korkutuyor, telaş veriyor. O oh, the sick person who knows his creator. The sick person who knows his creator. The pain, bewilderment and fear in sickness owe to the fact that sickness sometimes leads to death. Now there may be other fears, bewilderments, pains, etc. related uh, to sickness too, but this is an important aspect of it. An important aspect of the pain, bewilderment and fear that is in sickness owes to the fact that sickness sometimes leads to death. Human beings inherently, innately have this fear of death but that is due to a misconception. We associate death with annihilation, non-existence, and that which we really fear is annihilation and non-existence. It is not death itself. If we, if we were to understand the reality of death, and if we were to act accordingly, then we would not fear death. But our lower souls, somewhere inside, we can't fully grasp that. Or if we grasp it, we can't fully act upon it. And because we can't fully grasp or act upon it, 
we fear death as if it leads us to non-existence, total destruction. And that passes on to our conception of sickness because we sometimes associate sickness with death and some sicknesses lead to death. And then because of that thought, we are filled with pain and bewilderment and fear. Since death is dreadful in the eye of heedlessness and appearances, the sicknesses that can lead to it cause fear and anxiety. This is important. We do not see the reality of sickness and death. And as a result of that, as a result of our heedlessness, not being aware of that reality, as a result of our being stuck in appearances and not being able to pierce through appearance into the reality of the phenomena that we are observing, the sicknesses that can lead to it cause fear and anxiety. Sicknesses that can lead to death can cause fear and anxiety. And right now we are facing one of those sicknesses. The virus that forced about 60% of humanity to stay in their houses in a lockdown situation. The primary thing that we fear the sickness is because it kills. It is not like a common cold that's around all the time especially in you know winter but we still go about our business and whoever has the common cold perhaps takes a couple of days three days sometimes a week and then comes back to life and therefore we don't fear it as much but we fear we fear this virus because we see that two to five percent of the time it leads to death this is a situation in which we can fully benefit from this remedy let me read this paragraph again and then we will continue. Oh, the sick person who knows his creator. Who knows his creator. So since you know your creator, we will be able to get to the solution from here. If you did not know your creator, which was mentioned in, in previous uh, remedies, then you are afflicted with a, with a sickness that is much worse than the material sickness that you may be afflicted with. You first need to fix that. You first need to remedy that. Once you remedy it, the rest will come, inshallah, more easily. So we are now addressing the sick person who knows his creator. The pain, bewilderment, and fear in sicknesses owe to the fact that sickness sometimes leads to death. Since death is dreadful in the eye of heedlessness and appearances, the sicknesses that can lead to it cause fear and anxiety. Evvela, bil ve kat'i iman et ki, ecel mukadderdir, tagayur etmez. First of all, know and have definite faith that the appointed time is determined, it does not change. No matter what you do, if it is determined for you that you are going to die, let's say three days from now, you may escape the virus, you may escape the sickness that you are dreadful of, and as you're escaping perhaps to a mountain resort where there is nobody else, so you may be secluding yourself in this mountain resort uh, so that you are away from contagion and plague and whatever. On your way driving to the mountain resort, you may have a traffic accident and die. It is not a matter of what kills you. It is a matter of when it is written for you to die. Know and have definite faith that the appointed time is determined. It does not change. When it comes, it will come. What matters is 
Are you ready? Am I ready? Am I ready to meet it, to face it with confidence and with hope in my, in my Lord when it comes? Because it will come. Sooner or later, it will come. Çok ağır hastaların başında ağlayanlar ve sıhhatleri yerinde olanlar ölmüşler. O ağır hastalığa şifa bulup yaşamışlar. Many in perfect health who cried beside the seriously sick have died, while those seriously sick people have found healing and lived on. We don't know. Sometimes we think, oh, this person is really sick. We look forward to the person dying and then it is in God's hands. It may be a miracle. It may be things happening in the way things usually happen. God may have put a cure in something in this material world and that person is guided to that that thing that has the cure and, and cured and healed and gets up and walks around. And those who are looking forward to the person dying themselves die. We don't know. The appointed time is hidden and there is a wisdom on it. One of the wisdoms that we can know is that because it is hidden, we need to be alert at all times. Because it can come anytime, we need to try to be ready anytime. Are you afraid that you will die? Yes, you will die. Just relax and accept it as a fact and know that it will come when it is due, it may be now, it may be later, and relax. Whether you fear it or not, it will happen. Therefore, it will be better for you to adjust your mental state and spiritual state, the state of your heart, so that you don't fear it, but instead you prepare for it. Saniyen, ölüm sureten göründüğü gibi dehşetli değil. Second, Death is not dreadful in the way that it outwardly appears to be. Change your paradigm. Change the way you see things. Death is not dreadful in the way that it outwardly appears to be. If you think that it is dreadful, that is your misconception. Prepare for it. Do not be dreadful of it. It will come regardless. Çok risalelerde gayet kat'i, şeksiz, şüphesiz bir surette Kur'an hakimin verdiği nurla ispat etmişiz ki ehli iman için ölüm vazife-i hayat külfetinden bir terhistir. Hem dünya meydanındaki imtihanda talim ve talimat olan ubudiyetten bir paydostur. Hem öteki aleme gitmiş %99 ahbap ve akrabasına kavuşmak için bir vesiledir. Hem hakiki vatanına ve ebedi makamı saadetine girmeye bir vasıtadır. Hem zindanı dünyadan bostanı cinana bir davettir. Hem halık rahiminin fazlından kendi hizmetine mukabil ahzı ücret etmeye bir nöbettir. Madem ölümün mahiyeti hakikat noktasında budur, ona dehşetli bakmak değil, bilakis rahmet ve saadetin bir mukaddemesi nazarıyla bakmak gerektir. This was not one sentence, it is several sentences, but I did not want to stop. It's so beautiful and so deep and profound that I did not want to stop. Inshallah, now we will read through the English and perhaps we will try to reflect upon each sentence as we go. In many treatises, we have proven with the light that emanates from the all-wise Quran 
in an utmostly certain way beyond doubt and suspicion that so Stadnosti here is referring to the other treatises that he had written before this the 25th flash we read some of them the realities that will be mentioned here some of them if you have been listening to these podcasts or or, or if you are already familiar with the Risale Inur you will remember hearing about it or having read about it in much more detail but here it is a summary it is a summary about death it is a summary about life and death death becomes meaningful when we compare it or juxtapose it with life and life becomes meaningful when we compare or juxtapose it with death in many treatises we have proven with the light that emanates from the all-wise Quran in an utmostly certain way beyond doubt and suspicion that here as a side note that Ustad Nursi refers to the Quran and that the light that emanates from the Quran is important he named his works risale e nur the treatise of light or the epistles of light the word he uses for light is nur and nur is different from some of the other words that he could have used for light such as ziya nur is reflected or refracted light ziya is light as it emanates from its source the quran is the source the risale nur is a commentary on the quran is inspired by the quran the source is the quran ustad nursi spent all of his life all of his learned life reflecting upon and contemplating the quran and all of these things that he writes are filtered through the quran there are lights that emanate from the quran and then reflect on his heart and from his heart it reflects as nur as light to us we have proven with the light that emanates from the all-wise quran in an utmostly certain way beyond doubt and suspicion that for the people of faith for those who have faith for believers we need to look at ourselves and measure where we stand with regard to what is to come we need to see if we have faith or not or if we have faith we need to try to gauge how strong our faith is because the stronger our faith is the more certitude we will have about the issues that are to come the more comfortable we will be the better our lives will become for the people of faith death is discharged from the burden of the duty of life death is discharged from the burden of the duty of life life is a duty when Ustad Nursi was asked about Adam السلام, descending from paradise to earth when he was asked about the wisdom behind this the way he summarizes it is in in one word and that is tawzif now to translate into english we probably have to use more than one words but it's basically being charged with a duty being charged with duty we are sent here on duty we are not sent here for vacation we are here on business and we need to act accordingly we need to be conscious of the business that we need to conduct here and once the business is over once we 
finish the time that we are given in order to conduct that business, we will move. And once we move to wherever we are destined to, the duty will finish. We will not be charged with duty any longer. If we have fulfilled our duty the way we should be, we will, be, we will then be on vacation. We will then be given a time to enjoy. If not, maybe not be in that category. For the people of faith, death is discharged from the burden of the duty of life. In the trial that is taking place on the world's arena, it is a respite from the instruction and training that worshipful slavehood is. So again, what is life? What is this world? Why are we here? This world is an arena on which a trial is taking place. We are sent in the persona of our father Adam salam. We are sent to this world to fulfill a duty and whether we are fulfilling our duty or not is being observed and we are being tried on that account. In the trial that is taking place on the world's arena, death is a respite from the instruction and training that worshipful slavehood is. So the duty that we are fulfilling is worshipful slavehood. We are slaves of God. We are slaves of our Lord. And we are sent here to take a position that reflects our status before our Lord, that reflects the status of slavehood before our Lord. The meaning of that slavehood is instruction and training. The duty that we are fulfilling here, the business that we are conducting here, is also an educational one. We are here to improve, to sharpen our skills, our capacities, our uh, senses of perception. And I think we talked about this before. Once we move on in our destination, there will be a lot more to enjoy and perceive and observe. And the sharper our senses are, the, the more we will be able to observe and notice and recognize and evaluate and appreciate and be grateful for. We are receiving instruction. We are being trained on this arena of the world. And this is a trial. We are being observed as to whether we are taking our instruction and training seriously. Whether we, are, whether we are working hard on it, whether we are getting up in the morning before sunrise, taking ablution, standing before our Lord, although, although our sides might be itching to go back to the bed and lie down and be comfortable in the warmth of our beds and whatnot. We are being trained. Ramadan is coming, mashallah. May we all be able to see it and benefit from it. We will wake up in the middle of the night again before sunrise, eat some, have suhoor, and then stop. And then we will lock our mouths. And we will not be eating anything until sunset. We are being instructed and trained. We are being observed as to whether we are fulfilling our part in that instruction and training. Death is a means of joining the 99% of one's beloveds and relatives who have departed to the other realm. This is also beautiful. The young 
who have not lost most of the beloved people in their lives may not fully grasp the meaning of this sentence, but it is such a source of comfort for those who are further ahead in their lives and who have been who have faced death as their beloved ones have departed from this world. It is a means of joining the 99% of one's beloveds and relatives who have departed to the other realm, especially for the elderly, especially for the elder people who have lost most of their beloved ones, who have outlived their beloved ones. Yes, this world is sweet and attractive, alluring, and even at an old age, everybody has one side in themselves, one, one aspect of their existence that wants to latch onto this world and not leave it. But when we think about the beloved ones that once were in our lives and are no more here in this material world, since we know our Lord, since we know God, and since we know that our Lord will not leave will not leave the story to come to such an abrupt end. Since we know that he promised a hereafter for everybody, for all human beings, and since we put our trust in him and we are hopeful of his mercy, we hope that once we move on to the hereafter, we will meet those beloveds. We will join them again. And inshallah, that will be a reunion to last that will be a reunion with no abrupt end inshallah we all hope for that and when we think about that death is not dreadful anymore it is a pleasure it is something that we look forward to with excitement and and anticipation we want to go there we want to, to fulfill our duty here well we want to finish the trial and instruction and duty and move on and join those who have done the same thing before us and inshallah are now enjoying enjoying the sight of their stations in the garden of paradise in the gardens of paradise as they watch those gardens from wherever they are in their graves it is a means of joining the 99 percent of one's beloveds and relatives who have departed to the other realm and for those who have also cultivated the love of the believers of God who have all moved on and passed away, the love of the saints of God, the love of the prophets of God, the love of the beloved of God, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, who have moved on in the convoy that moves to our Lord through centuries and centuries. Once they are all beloved to us, what is death? What is death other than an opportunity to join that convoy and enjoy their company? It is a means to enter one's true homeland, an eternal station of felicity, the homeland. The homeland is not here. This is deceptive. We look around and it looks beautiful we have as i mentioned we have that sense that wants us that pushes us to want to stay here we don't want to leave it 
because we are attached to its alluring beauty. We are attached to its deceptive beauty. Deceptive not because it is not beautiful, it is beautiful, but deceptive because it is not lasting. We get attached to it as if it will last. In us somewhere we sense that we will last. If we will last, those things that we love and are used to and are benefiting from and need in order to exist should also last. That is how we feel. But the reality of it is that no, it will not last. But that sense that is in us that tells us that we will last, that is true. That is true to reality. And the reality is that yes, there is a homeland. Yes, there is a place that we will go and will last. And that place will also last with us. That is the homeland. And that is more beautiful than this. It is incomparably more beautiful. It is so beautiful that we cannot even imagine. It is more beautiful than any eye has ever seen, any mind has ever imagined. That is the homeland. That is where we will witness, inshallah, the countenance of our Lord. And what is beauty and perfection that exists in the creation other than a reflection of, a flash of His beauty? We will go to the source of this all. We will go to our homeland. Death is a means to enter one's true homeland. And inshallah, eternal station of felicity. It is an invitation from the dungeon of the world to the gardens of paradise. The dungeon of the world to the gardens of paradise. According to hadith, this world is the prison or dungeon of the believer. And it is the paradise of the non-believer. Now, we need to understand that with some depth. This world is better for the believer than the non-believer too. The believer enjoys this world more than the non-believer. The believer is happier in this world more than the non-believer. However, compared to his homeland, the paradise, this world is like a prison in relative terms. And compared to the disbelievers, homeland, May God protect us. The fire, this world is like paradise. So things need to be put in their proper place. Death is an invitation from the dungeon of the world to the gardens of paradise. It is one's turn to receive a payment that corresponds to his service from the outpouring of the merciful Creator. All believers before us, all humans before us, came fulfilled their duty or sometimes did not fulfill their duty and moved on. Those who fulfilled their duty as they moved on are now invited to receive their payment, receive their reward for what they have done here, for what they have uh, realized here. It is an occasion for payment and we move on in turns some come, fulfill their function, fulfill their duty, and move on. And then others come. We each take turns. So we, we wait for when our turn will be. 
I am waiting for my turn. Inshallah, I am fearful that I may not have lived true to my covenant. I have not lived true to my covenant. I am a sinner. But at the same time, I am hopeful of my Lord and I turn to Him with regret and repentance and I ask Him to forgive me and I am hopeful of His forgiveness and mercy and therefore, inshallah, when I think of death, inshallah, I'm looking forward to take my turn in receiving His blessings. From where? Not from what I deserve. This is important. I'm not looking forward to receiving what my service deserves. I don't deserve anything. I am not in a position to be able to deserve anything. But out of his outpouring mercy, out of his affluence, the outpouring of his blessings and mercy, he has designated rewards that correspond to those worthless services that we think we are rendering in this world. Therefore, death is a turn one's turn to receive a payment that corresponds to his service so it's not deserved by his service but that corresponds to his service from the outpouring of the merciful creator since this is the quiddity the reality of death from the point of view of reality so what is that reality let's go over this quickly one more time death is discharge from the burden of the duty of life in the trial that is taking place on the world's arena, it is a respite from the instruction and training that worshipful slavehood is. It is a means of joining the 99% of one's beloveds and relatives who have departed to the other realm. It is a means to enter one's true homeland, an eternal station of felicity. It is an invitation from the dungeon of the world to the gardens of paradise. It is one's turn to receive a payment that corresponds to his service from the outpouring of the merciful, the merciful creator. Since this is the quiddity, reality, nature of death, from the point of view of reality, not from the point of view of appearances, but from the point of view of reality, it behooves to see it not with dread, but to the contrary, as beginning of mercy and felicity. Oh, the sick person who knows God, this is what you are to expect from your Lord. Death, from the point of view of reality, is beautiful. It behooves to see it, not with dread, but to the contrary, as the beginning of mercy and felicity. Hem ehlullahın bir kısmının ölümden korkmaları ölümün dehşetinden değildir. Belki daha fazla hayır kazanacağım diye vazife-i hayatın idamesinden kazanacakları hayrat içindir. That some people of God fear death. So there are people out there who you know they are people of God. Üstad Nursi somewhere when he refers to uh, saints of God, he says millions. 
And when he refers to the purified ones, Asfiyah, he says billions. There are billions of Asfiyah, billions of human beings, and perhaps Jin too, who have purified their hearts, who have attained that, that station of purification. And many of them, if you were to look at them, they may be ignorant. You may find this elderly lady in a village who is even not literate, who has lived her entire life without perhaps reading a single book, hearing things here and there. In some countries, women don't go to mosques often, so perhaps not even listening to uh, the imam preaching from the pulpit in the, in the mosque on Fridays, but has lived such a sincere, devoted life, has lived with such devotion that they are among the purified ones. But some of them, you also see that they fear death when they think of death. So what is it? What is happening here? In fact, that some people of God fear death is not due to death's dreadfulness. What they fear is not the dreadfulness of death, i.e. they are not thinking of death as non-existence. Some of you may have seen, there is a video that I've seen earlier on, uh, on the internet. They talked to this elderly lady. Uh, it is probably one of her granddaughters. The, the young woman asks her, we don't see the young woman, but we see the elderly lady only. The young woman asks her, Grandma, do you have children? Yes, she says, I have children. How many children do you have? She says, I don't know, I don't remember. What are the names of your children? She says, I don't know, I don't remember. I lost my memory. Do you know prophets? She, she lists the names of all the prophets that are mentioned in the Quran one by one. And then she says, you know, I believe in God. I believe in the Prophet It is such a sweet, sweet thing that we, we all should aspire to. Imam al-Razi uh, once, and Imam al-Razi is, uh, you know, one of the giants of uh, the dialectical theology, the, the science of kalam in Islam, he has developed so many logical, rational proofs for God's existence and for other aspects of uh, our, our belief system. One day he was walking and then he had this huge retinue of people walking for, uh, with him and everybody is saying look look Imam Razi is passing Imam Razi is passing and then there was this old lady who said who is that and they said Imam Razi and she said who is Imam Razi they said don't you know he developed 70 proofs for God's existence and the woman thought and she, she said if he did not have 70 doubts about God's existence he would not have needed to develop 70 proofs for for God's existence and when Imam Razi was told about this he said on to you is the faith of the old woman so some people of God they are people of God but they still fear death but that is not due to death's dreadfulness in fact it is that fear is for the good deeds that they could earn from the continuation of the duty of life. They want more. They want more of the rewards of fulfilling the duty in this life. Because when we go to paradise, inshallah, we are told that the, the blessings of paradise will be so beautiful and so attractive and so satisfying that each time we are given one blessing, we will say, 
is there more? Help me, Mazid. Is there more? Is there is there more of oh, more of this? Is there more of that? And God will keep increasing His bounties and blessings and the satisfaction that we receive from that. He He will keep increasing, and that will keep increasing the gratitude in us. So these people see that reality while in this world and they want to work more toward it. They want to earn more good deeds. What they fear in death is not non-existence. What they fear in, in death is not the, the termination of this life, but the termination of their opportunity to serve their Lord. They want to serve their Lord more. It is to earn more good deeds. In fact, the fear that they have is for the good deeds that they could earn from the continuation of the duty of life. It is to earn more good deeds. Evet, ehli iman için ölüm rahmet kapısıdır. Ehli dalalet için zulümat ebediye kuyusudur. Yes, death is the gate of mercy for the people of faith and the pit of eternal darkness for the people of misguidance. This is also about the perception of death by people in this world. If it is a believing person, a person of faith, he or she knows that death is not the end of it all. There is life after death and we are submitting ourselves completely to the mercy of our Lord beyond death. Therefore, it is the gate of mercy. For the person who does not believe in this world, however, what is death? How do disbelievers see death in this world? End of it? Utter darkness, utter non-existence, annihilation, decay, destruction, nothing left. Not even the consciousness that you now have with which you can perceive nothingness. Even that is not going to be left. If this is the way you are looking forward to your future, if you are a disbeliever, if you have not realized that your Lord exists, and is in charge of everything and everything belongs to him and you too belong to him and once you cross that gate of death you will submit yourself completely to his mercy if you don't recognize this that is a dreadful dreadful place to be it is a pit of eternal darkness that you are looking forward to past the end of your span of life in this world maybe not be among those it, it it is really really difficult it is really troubling and dreadful how can one stay there how can a person not be pressed hard to escape that state some who are honest to themselves realize this and search for reality because they know that the state that they are in is not bearable and they search but some do not even do that they are in a state of heedlessness and forgetfulness and darkness and drunkenness they have numbed their senses yes death is the gate of mercy for the people of faith and a pit of eternal darkness for the people of misguidance
Onuncu Deva Tent Remedy Ey lüzumsuz merak eden hasta! Oh, the sick person who worries unnecessarily! Sometimes it is not in our hands. We worry. We want to know what is to come. So the word in Turkish here is merak etmek and worry is uh, endişelenmek. It is not a direct translation of the word merak etmek. However, uh, the sense that it conveys is closer to worry. Oh, the sick person who worries unnecessarily. Worries in the sense that he wants to know or she wants to know what is to come. And because he or she does not know what is to come, that worries. Sen hastalığın ağırlığından merak ediyorsun. O merakın senin hastalığını ağırlaştırır. You are worrying about the difficulty of your sickness. I've had pain until this time. What is to come after this? Will tomorrow also be heavy like this? Will it also be painful like this? You are worrying about the weight, difficulty of your sickness. Your worry increases the difficulty of your sickness. So what you are doing is counterproductive. You are worrying about the difficulty, but your worry increases difficulty. Hastalığın hafiflemesini istersen merak etmemeye çalış. If you want your sickness to become lighter, try not to worry. Now, Ustad Nursi here is not saying, don't worry. And even if he said, don't worry, it would mean try not to worry. Because we know that sometimes this is not in our hands. But we can always try. We can always try to focus on something else. Or importantly, as we mentioned before, we can try to understand the reality of this and see the wisdom in it. And the more we see the reality of it and the wisdom in it, the less we will have that inner pressure that we cannot control that leads to worry. Your worry increases the difficulty of your sickness. Hastalığın hafifleşmesini istersen merak etmemeye çalış. If you want your sickness to become lighter, try not to worry. Yani hastalığın faydalarını, sevabını ve çabuk geçeceğini düşün, merakı kaldır. Hastalığın kökünü kes. That is, think about the benefits and spiritual rewards of sickness and that it will go away quickly. Thus, remove the worry and cut the sickness's roots. Sometimes when people are sick, one of the main reasons why they don't get better is because they are so stressed about it and they, they worry about it so much. And that stress and worry itself is a cause that increases the symptoms of their sickness, that decreases the ability of their body to fight sickness. Therefore, if that is the case, try not to worry. Try not to stress out too much about this. So how can you do that? One way to think do, to do that is think about the benefits and spiritual rewards of sickness. That's what we have been talking about all along. Sickness is not just pain. Sickness is not just something that prevents you from being able to go about your, your business, your life. Sickness is something that yields benefits and spiritual rewards. Sickness is something that improves you. Sickness is something, something that brings you closer to your Lord. Think about the benefits in it. The more you think about the benefits in it, the less stressed you will be. The more 
you will be able to welcome your state and be grateful for it for it no matter what that state is that will remove the worry and removing the worry will cut the sicknesses roots sometimes this might actually be what you need to do in order to heal at all evet merak hastalığı ikileştirir yes worry doubles sickness you have one sickness the material sickness that is caused by germs or a dysfunction of some part of your body a deformity or whatever you have one sickness that has a biological cause worry double sickness it adds another sickness to your existing biological sickness by worrying you do not help yourself you actually double your sickness maddi hastalığın altında merak ile manevi bir hastalığı kalbine verir maddi hastalık ona dayanır devam eder beneath the material sickness worrying introduces a metaphysical sickness to your heart beneath beneath the material biological sickness it introduces a metaphysical sickness to your heart a sickness that afflicts your heart a sickness the symptoms of which your heart feels the material sickness gets support from that and continues perhaps it was going to end the biological sickness perhaps it was going to come to an end perhaps it was there to remind you of something and your lord gave that to you for the for that reminder and once you learn your lesson it's going to go away uh, perhaps your lord wants to elevate your station once you lift yourself up to that station there will be no more wisdom in continuing the sickness and your lord will lift it up from you but because of your worry you prevent yourself from moving up to lifting yourself up to that next station that your lord wants you to be because of your worry you are focusing on this world so much that you are forgetting your lord and the purposes of your lord or because of your worry you are stressing yourself so much so that your immune system is being weakened and therefore sickness is not going away we can think of this in both ways and they are not two different things this is the world of wisdom god does things in this world behind the appearance behind the veil of causes and effects therefore everything that happens has a material this worldly aspect this worldly relations this worldly uh, causes but behind that behind that veil there also is a metaphysical cause a wisdom that our lord knows a wisdom that our lord pursues in creating those material uh, relations in the way that they are your sickness on appearance on the face of it is from germs on the face of it is from the malfunction or dysfunction of one of your organs but in reality it is from your lord it is your lord who afflicted you with the sickness try to think about that and ask yourself what is it that my lord wants from me worry is not what he wants from you 
He wants to elevate your station. He wants to guide you in a certain direction that is better for you. He wants to guide you to paradise. He wants to guide you to himself. Stop focusing on the material heaviness, material weight of the sickness. Think about its benefits. Focus on the purpose behind the veil. And then you will stop worrying. And once you stop worrying, the material sickness will lose its support and come to an end. Eğer teslimiyetle, rıza ile, hastalığın hikmetini düşünmekle o merak gitse, o maddi hastalığın mühim bir kökü kesilir, hafifleşir, kısmen gider. If that worry departs as a result of submission, submission to what? Submission to the will of our Lord. Submission to what our Lord has determined for us. Submission to the mercy of our Lord. Submission to the decree of our Lord. If that worry departs as a result of submission and being content with that our Lord has chosen for us and reflecting upon the wisdom of sickness. If that worry departs as a result of submission, contentment and reflecting upon the wisdom of sickness, an important root of that material sickness is cut. It becomes lighter and departs partly. At the beginning we said, Worry doubles sickness. At the least, at the least, stopping worry will have the benefit of taking away 50% of sickness, which is the doubled part of sickness, which is the added sickness on top of the biological sickness that we might have. That is caused by the worry, that is caused by the pain, that is in our heart and in our mind that does not have to be there beyond that beyond that 50 percent ceasing to worry may also have the benefit of taking away the stress helping us boost our immune system or helping us realize the purpose of the sickness that has afflicted us and seeing where our lord wants us to go going there and therefore bringing the need for necessity for the sickness to take us there to an end and once that necessity is lifted sickness inshallah will be lifted hususan evhamla bir dirhem maddi hastalık bazen merak vasıtasıyla 10 dirhem kadar büyür merak kesilmesiyle o hastalığın onda dokuzu gider sometimes especially with obsessive thoughts obsessive delusional thoughts a dirham of material sickness grows 10 times as a result of worry once worry stops nine tenths of that sickness goes away dirham is a small unit of measurement and because it was small it was used to measure silver and over time it became the word used for silver coin so basically, a small amount of material sickness, we could say scent. Sometimes, especially with obsessive thoughts, two cents of material sickness or a penny of material sickness grows 10 times as a, as a result of worry. You are stuck. You are stuck in that cycle of thought. What is going to happen to me? This has been going on for too long. It's so painful. 
Oh, it is so painful. Oh, how am I going to bear this? Oh, what is going to happen? I cannot take care of this. I cannot take care of that. Who is going to take care of that thing if this continues for five more days? Obsessive thoughts. Thoughts that you do not have control over, that just keep coming to your mind, perhaps from Satan, perhaps from your lower self. Especially with obsessive thoughts, a dirham of material sickness grows ten times as a result of worry. Once worry stops, now think about the benefits of sickness, think about the mercy in sickness, think about the wisdom in it, think that you are acquiring spiritual rewards by being patient and not complaining about this think about where your lord wants you to move on with this sickness where you are being guided to try to get there don't think about the harm that sickness might be bringing think about the benefit that sickness is bringing therefore cut the roots of worry once worry stops nine tenths of that sickness goes away merak hastalığı ziyade ettiği gibi hikmet ittiham ve rahmet ilahiyi tenkit ve halık rahiminden şekva hükmünde olduğu için aksi maksadıyla tokat yer hastalığını ziyadeleştirir. In addition to increasing the sickness. This is important. In addition to increasing the sickness because worry accuses divine wisdom or casts aspersions on divine wisdom, criticizes divine mercy and is in effect a complaint about the mercy-giving creator. It becomes the cause of a slap in the form of the opposite of its purpose. What are you worrying about? You are worrying about sickness. What is the purpose of your uh, worry? What you have in mind as you worry? You want it to come to an end. But who is it that is going to bring it to an end? The mercy-giving creator his wisdom, his mercy. But you are not seeing the mercy that is in your present state. You are not seeing that sickness itself is mercy. You are accusing divine wisdom. You are not thinking about the benefits in this. You are blind to the benefit and wisdom and reward in it. You are blind to the, the supreme beauty of the decree of your Lord. And because you are blind to all of that, you are accusing divine wisdom. You are criticizing divine mercy. And in effect, you are complaining about the mercy-giving creator. You are not beseeching the mercy-giving creator. You are not supplicating the mercy-giving creator. You are not taking refuge in the mercy-giving creator. You are not complaining about your sickness to the mercy-giving creator. But, but... You are complaining about the mercy-giving creator because of the obsessive nature of your worries. As a result, the it becomes the cause of a slap in the form of the opposite of its purpose and increases your sickness. Evet, nasıl ki şükür nimeti ziyadeleştirir, öyle de şekva hastalığı musibeti tezyid eder. Yes, as gratitude increases blessings, and this is what our Lord promises us in the Quran. As gratitude increases blessings, complaint increases sickness and tribulation. Stop complaining. Stop 
complaining even if that comes to your heart worry is not something that we can fully control but when we we need to be aware of it we need to try to notice that worry is coming to our hearts and sometimes it is coming in an obsessive nature it is sometimes satan it is sometimes our lower soul that is whispering it to our hearts we need to be aware of this and ustad nursi is giving us the remedy against that obsessive form of worry think about the benefit of this think about the reward think that this is the decree of the mercy giving creator think about all of those and cut the roots of worry if you don't that will lead you into a dark place where you will forget about the mercy of the mercy giving creator you will forget about the wisdom of the all-wise creator once you forget about him your worry will turn into accusation of divine wisdom criticism of divine mercy complaint about the mercy giving creator don't go there don't go there as gratitude increases blessings complaint increases sickness and tribulation you want this to come to an end see its beauty hem merakın kendisi de bir hastalıktır onun ilacı hastalığın hikmetini bilmektir madem hikmetini faydasını bildin o merhemi meraka sür kurtul ah yerine oh de va esefa yerine elhamdülillahi ala kulli hal söyle moreover worry worrying itself is a sickness its medicine is to know the wisdom of sickness so worrying itself is a sickness and it comes attached to a biological sickness the medicine of this metaphysical sickness of worrying is to know the wisdom of the biological sickness since you came to know its wisdom and benefit we have been telling you Stadnosi is saying here apply that salve on worry and be saved from it knowing the wisdom and benefit of sickness is a salve a remedy a an ointment apply it on the sickness of worry and be saved from it say oh this is an interjection of comfort instead of ah recite alhamdulillahi ala kulli hal all praise and gratitude is to god under all circumstances all praise and gratitude is to god under all circumstances recite that instead of saying wa asafa oh my regret there is no regret in this it is all good whatever you are whatever is decreed upon you is good reality is beautiful there is wisdom and benefit in this think about that once you think about that you will be able to say alhamdulillahi ala kulli hal all praise and gratitude be to god under all circumstances this is the important part under all circumstances circumstances in which things seem to be going well for us and circumstances in which things seem to be not going well for us in the first case we meet it with gratitude and it is good for us in the second case we meet it with patience and it is good for us 
but here we are given given other remedies too in the second case we also meet it as a decree of the mercy giving creator as something from the merciful we look for the mercy in it we look for the wisdom in it we look for the blessing in it we look for the benefit in it and the more we find them the more our heart will be filled with gratitude the more we will say alhamdulillah ala kulli hal and the more we will be saved from the worry that adds to our sickness that itself is a sickness and we will be able to reduce our sickness through the symptoms of the biological problem that we are having in the given moment because the past is gone the future has not come yet all we have with regard to this pain is now we look to the past and think of its, its termination think about the termination of the pain that was there in the past we we are filled with comfort because it is gone we look to the future we think about the rewards that are to be accrued as a result of pain if it is there but also we put our hope in our Lord and think that it will not be there it is not there now if it is not there now there is no guarantee that it will be there there is no need to worry about it this is going to be explained in more detail in, a, in another remedy inshallah we look to our situation and we see beauty in it the more we see the beauty that is there in all circumstances the more comfort we will find the less room will there be for worry and the less room there is for worry the lighter our problems afflictions tribulations will become the more we will be able to think about the benefits that are to accrue from it the more we will think about the wisdom in it and try to do our part that relates to that wisdom and the more we will go through these trials successfully inshallah we will be among the successful in the end may we be among the successful in the end subhanaka la ilmalana illa ma allamtana innaka antal alimul hakim wa akhir da'wahum an alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin al fatiha